once again to the Lucky Mojo Food and Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and on the line at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart of evanlionheart.com in New Jersey, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, Conjurman of conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California, and this week, for our very first Oracle Hour, Hi. we will be joined by our special guest, Ms. Michael of HudaFoundry.com in Willis, California, bringing us the topic and practice of bibliomancy. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Cap? Hi, folks. Well, I have a um, a delayed howdy here. I was um, working on a web page and I got caught short. I finished the web page, but my dear husband hasn't come into my computer and allowed me to enter the chat yet. So, a plea to my Bring dear husband: Can you get in and <laughs> can you get in and uh, arrange me there? Thank you. <laughs> um, so. Well, let's catch up with Miss Cat. So what I've been up to has been um, working on my Patreon um, weekly article. And this article was a really important one for me, and I hope it will be much loved when it hits the public in 2022. But if you want to get it now, <laughs> you can sign up um, for the monthly Patreon uh Web pages. This is a web page on Dr. E.P. Reed. Now, some of you may remember that we did a short article. I wrote a short article on Dr. E.P. Reed for the AIR website. And I hope somebody maybe puts that through the uh, chat log because I can't because I'm not in the chat log yet. Um, but the E.P. Reed article at AIR is brief and just sort of to the point. E.P. Reed was a um, root doctor, astrologer, um, political activist pharmacist, uh, medical consultant, you name it, he did it. Um, His wife also ran an orphanage um, and called the Baby Saving Station. Anyway, he was a fabulous guy in Philadelphia, and I happen to have a lot of his old papers. And uh, so I have been, um, hold on, now I've got my sound, Shiva. you got to get rid of my sound. Shiva, get rid of my sound. Thank you. <laughs> I'm hearing the delay because he forgot to turn the sound off. So anyway, Dr. E.P. Reed is a fascinating character, and I have a lot of his memorabilia, including personal photos and things. So I put together a rather large introduction to E.P. Reed with um, about 13 photos, and it's going out. It costs um, a mere $2 an article. So for $2, you get a one-year advance look at something that will go before the public in 2022. And uh, so that's it. That's what I've been doing. I was up till six o'clock this morning working on it. I 
<laughs> I caught a few hours of sleep, and here I am back and doing the best I can and looking forward to today's topic on bibliomancy because Lord knows I need a little help about right now. A cup of tea has been handed to me, and I'm good to go. So how about you, Ali? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Uh, but just did a couple back-to-back uh, love readings, actually. So that was interesting. They kind of come in waves. Uh, I've always been fascinated by the way client situations sort of cluster around a certain topic. When you do a reading in a day, if you do a couple of them, you'll sort of see a theme. Sometimes there's no theme whatsoever, but more often than not, you definitely see a theme. So I've had a couple back-to-back love readings, and I did a reading for a person back in December um, about their love life. They had been having some, some difficulties. And we did a we did a, a, a horoscope. We examined their natal chart. And we saw that there was there was some issues there. Their Venus wasn't well placed and whatnot. So we did um, a lunar mansion talisman, which was really fun. It's the sixth mansion, if I'm not mistaken. Sixth or seventh. One of the mansions. We did a lunar mansion talisman, and I just got an email from them Wednesday that they are they've they're going out on their first date in three years. So very exciting news, and I'm very happy for my client and looking forward for updates. I always love hearing back from clients about situations that have turned around as Kat and Ms. Michael and Edwin can all attest. Um, you often don't hear back. You do a reading or you do, and, and they sort of just kind of disappear and you never get the feedback. Did things work out? Did they not work out? Um, so it's nice to hear back. If things work out, let us know. Hey, I found my love. Hey, I'm going on that date. I got that job or whatever it is. It is nice to hear back from clients. It helps us know where things stand. Go, okay, I can update my notes a little bit. So that's been mostly positive news, uh, and it's definitely setting the tone for February for me. Wow. All righty. Well, i got to give a little shout-out here to uh, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, who posted the link to Dr. E.P. Reed at the AIR website. You can see a little picture of him there. But um, that's just a teaser for the real Dr. E.P. Reed page, and that is going to break off into at least six and maybe as much as a dozen pages on the different um, artifacts and ephemera. And all the people who were Patreon subscribers who got um, the paper ephemera, in other words, they've paid a little bit more to get paper ephemera, Um, Mm. if you haven't received your box yet, you're going to be mind-blown because you're going to get genuine E.P. Reed stuff printed by his own hands on his own printing press with his own really, really fucked-up handset type. (laughs) (laughs) He he was using somebody's cast-off newspaper type, and man, I mean, his E's are broken, his P's are plugged in. It's a nightmare. But anyway, he did his own printing (laughs) as well as everything else. Jeremy says, my mind was blown. Okay, Jeremy, he got it. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> it's pretty damn good. Um, okay, we have today the new tryout first run of the Lucky Mojo Oracle Hour. And with us is our fabulous Miss Michael, who's going to introduce this. So let's just set the scene first. Since this was Conjurman's idea, Conjurman, tell us how the Oracle Hour differs from the regular show, why it's on the first of the month, and how it's going to run, and then we'll bring in Miss Michael, okay? Sure. So the Oracle Hour is an opportunity for us to dive into various forms of divination, 
uh, fortune telling and oracles. Uh, the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour is all about teaching. It really is. It's a service for the community. It's about educating people. And we've been having topics around a variety of world folklore. But sometimes, you know, we don't get a chance to talk about divination, the very tool we use to diagnose and understand the person's problem. So the Oracle Hour is an opportunity to showcase all the varied interesting, diverse techniques of divination that the readers use at air, uh, from bibliomancy to tea leaf readings to astrology to psychometry, all the different forms of divination that don't often get showcased, we are going to showcase uh, once a month. It's the first of the month because it's the easiest to remember, uh, and it also helps to set a particular pattern so that you can know in advance What's coming up? The first of the month, we're going to have an oracle hour. It's going to be a new form of divination. This is also an opportunity to teach. It's an opportunity for someone like Ms. Michael, who's an expert in bibliomancy, to come onto the show, show us her unique skills as a diviner, but also teach all the wonderful people out there how to divine for themselves, why bibliomancy is unique as a form of divination. So it really is an opportunity to build a virtual classroom, if you will, a virtual seminar with a community of people who have expertise in worldwide divination practices. And we have some amazing, amazing things lined up. We have the whole year sort of planned. So you can look forward to some very cool uh, divination discussions, but also the practice and demonstration of them. We will have a short discussion at the beginning, and then we will bring on two clients who we will read for. And our guests will showcase the divination skills. Sometimes Ms. Cat and I will show up. We'll more often than not, we'll stick to things that we, for example, I'll use geomancy today. But today we'll have both bibliomancy from Ms. Cat and from Ms. Michael. So it'll be an opportunity for you to see how a reading with a root worker will go who uses that particular divination style. Um, and maybe, just maybe, we'll start to revive and rekindle interest in some of these topics. I think we often get bogged down in the tarot. We get bogged down in card readings. And don't get me wrong, cards and tarot are really, really cool. But when I was growing up in Virginian Conjure, I only knew one person who read tarot. Only one person. A few people read playing cards. More often than not, people use intuition readings, what they call spirit readings, or just look at people. Um, they use candle readings, wax readings, bone readings. So hopefully we'll be able to see a little more from divination rather than just card reading. So it's something new we're trying out, and hopefully you will all enjoy it and learn something from these different practices. I think it's a wonderful idea, and I'm so grateful that you have taken the time to lay this out, and um, and you have actually set us up for just about a year's worth of divination techniques. So yep. this is really your show. I mean, I'm I'll be co-host here, but um, because you know you're the you you should be the leader on this one. Now, um, and so I'd like you to do the call-outs for who gets what, when, and where, if you would be so kind. Okay. Um, be happy to. Also, I'm asleep on my feet, as I mentioned, having, having been up until 6 a.m. working exhausted. on Dr. E.P. Reed. I'm falling over here, folks. But I have enough sense so left to So you're going to be a Bible. trance reader tonight? <laughs> I'm telling you something. Even as the show was being set up, I was like, 
adding another JPEG because I can. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Um, so let's bring in Miss Michael. Um, hello, darling, and welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. Well, hello. It's good to be back. Uh, it's always so wonderful to have you here. Miss um, Michael, um, tell us a little bit about um, what you do and um, and in your life, and then we'll get right into bibliomancy, okay? Oh, okay. So uh, in my life, well, um, business has been slow, and I understand, you know, people got to pay their rent first. Um, and so I've been, ha- I've had more time to tend to my altar on the world's behalf. Uh, every Tuesday night, I say a war prayer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, the, the articles in my favorite news sources are very, uh oh, hold on just a moment. Your voice is your voice you is breaking up and we're losing you. You're going into kind of a um you sound like you're in auto tune or something. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that any better? That is much better. You were mentioning okay, the I war should... prayer. You mean by Mark Twain, right? No. 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 I thought you said I the war prayer. Find... Okay, I'm I'm my no, mistake. The war okay, prayer, go. The war pr- oh, okay, a war prayer. The war prayer. A war prayer. Okay, is, gotcha. Okay, is a is a is a shaming and cautionary sermon by an angel about what you're really praying for, the misery I you're see. praying for when you pray for for war. But you know, sometimes you just sometimes that's what's necessary. Um, and so I usually select scriptures. I like Psalm nine because it's all about the disappearance of your enemies. Um, mm-hmm. Their name is forgotten. The cities they built crumbled to nothing. Um, there's a uh, the R the Revised Standard Version version renders one verse: "My enemy has vanished into everlasting ruins." And I absolutely mm-hmm. love that line. Wow! But it's so that and that is from again. We're still having a little trouble hearing you. Um, and that is from Psalms nine. You said yes. Okay, all right. Um, I don't know if we should have Miss Michael call back in or not because this is not a good connection. Yeah, I think we should because it's not it's not a good connection. And while you're doing that, because remember, it's all Mercury retrograde all the time, right? The perfect time to introduce a new show feature, right? Mercury retrograde for all you who don't believe in it. Um, <laughs> so you call back in, and I'll I'll just um, sure. vamp a little bit, and then I'll watch the chat for when you get back in. Um, and we're going to talk about bibliomancy and what it mm-hmm, is, me mm-hmm. and Contraband Ollie, for a little minute, and you'll come right back. So bibliomancy is fortune-telling by means of a book, and um, mm-hmm. there should be a link to the AIR website, bibliomancy page, and I bet, um, I, I'm hoping that um, Evan can find that link or Nagashiva or some lucky kibitzer in the chat room will find that. And um, bibliomancy is is divination by means of a book. Now, usually it's a sacred book. It's a special book. um, And it it can be the Bible. People think because it says biblio that it must be the Bible. But biblio just Mm -hmm. means book. Mm -hmm. So Onyx Rose asks, she always plays devil's advocate. Hi, Onyx Rose. (laughs) She says, any book? Doc Murphy says, any book? Heaven Lionheart says, yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. 
Um, yes, and, and Shiva mentions Bible means book. That's correct. All right, any book? Well, you know, there is a form of bibliomancy which really is akin to like random sortilage with the world where you just grab a right. book off a shelf. And there are many people who do it. I've done it. But sometimes if you you can kind of second-guess yourself because you know that the California driving license manual for traffic stops, <laughs> you know what I mean? You kind of know what's in it already. It's all going to be about traffic stops and yield signs. Why pick mm-hmm. that book? Um, if you pick a book at random off your shelf, you might go, I want a red book. Well, you know, maybe I want a blue right. book. You know, you can do it. But most people use a sacred book. The, the most common books used would be the Bible, the Quran. Um, the uh, sometimes a book within a book. Many people just use the book of Psalms within the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've mentioned on this radio show before, I made quite a big uh, hippie show of using the three volumes of The Lord of the Rings by <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien when I was young. But even then, I kind of knew, was I going to pick The Two Towers? Or was I going to... Yeah, I mean, which book was mm-hmm. I going to pick? <laughs> And the thing is, people who are familiar with the Bible often go, well, I don't want to pick, you know, the the part of the Bible that's just all begat, 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 so-and-so, begat, so-and-so. So they try, I'm going to go back to the end of it. And, of course, if they're Jewish, they go, well, I only have the Tanakh. I'm not going to do that whole Revelations thing with everything crashing down around our ears. <laughs> so um, everyone has their own way of dealing with the Bible. And um, one of the ways I was taught to avoid the any book phenomenon or second-guessing yourself is what I would really call it, um, and that is to close your eyes when you do it and run your mm-hmm. thumb over the book. Don't be looking at the book and go, I think the book of Job is right about there, and I don't want this client mm-hmm. to get the book of Job. I'm going to go to over here where they can get the Song of Solomon. You know, you want to close your eyes and really give it a fair shot because it's amazing how much mapping you can do by reading the Bible. Ain't that so, Miss mm-hmm. Michaela? Are you back? Yes, I'm here. Ah, uh, now me? we can hear you better. Yeah. Okay. Now you okay. go on with what you were going to say. Um, well, let's see. Uh, yeah, about uh, mapping, knowing your way around the Bible, you know, whether you're inclined to open to the back or to the front, depending on what the client wants to hear. And we, Lord love us, we all fall for that impulse from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um Covet Gift 2 asks, do you speak to the fingers? I run my finger down the page to look at the spot. Well, again, I'm really sorry to say, again, your voice has cut out, and now I'm knowing it's your connection and not... Oh. Um, yeah. You're, you're, are you using a different headphone or speaker or something than you usually do? No, I'm using a diff- I'm using my usual headset, which may need to be replaced. Um, can you speak so rather, without that headset? Uh, can you dial in by phone and just talk on the phone? Well, I mean, I'm that's what I'm asking. Right now. Can you take the headset off and just speak directly into the telephone? <laughs> Unplug it, baby. Right. Is that any better? Test- testing, testing. Say something. Is that any better? It sounds, it sounds better. better so far, yes. I think all of that, I oh, think you had a... really? Yeah, your headphone sounded like it was building up a static charge of uh, micro-electron okay. crap. <laughs> 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 all right, back to our topic. 
back to our topic. One way to avoid that second guessing as a reader is to have the client open the Bible because they don't usually yeah. know where they're uh-huh. going with it. Yeah. Um, and there are other forms of bibliomancy that use a key, and they're um, uh, they uh, the Bible can be used sometimes just as a a weight that the key mm-hmm. hangs from and turns. And that's actually bibliobantic kleidomancy, which is um, keymancy. Kleidomancy means with a key. And so the Bible is used as a weight for the key, but you're not reading the Bible. But there's mm-hmm. also kleidomantic bibliomancy, in which instead of pointing with your finger, you flip the Bible and you put a, insert a key. And that's where you are. So keys and Bibles go together. The key to yep. the scriptures, you know. And mm-hmm. but most people will point with their finger. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. is also one of the older forms of divination. Some forms of divination are new, and some are a little bit older. Card readings, relatively new. We see them kind of emerge in the early modern era. But we have texts that go all the way back to Mesopotamia that talk about how people would run their fingers along tablets until they stop at a particular point and then read from that point on as a form of divination. And then that was picked up as text became bound in books. And it is very popular throughout the ancient Near East. The Bible is used, the Quran is used. In the Persian world, uh, poetry is used. It's a very famous poet known as Hafez. Rumi is sometimes used as well, the Divan of Rumi. But the Fale Hafez is a very popular book in which uh, you sit around in a room, and it's generally women, but it can be anyone. You sit around in a room, a page is opened at random to the poetry of Hafez, and then you pass the book around. Everyone reads one line, and that one line is the answer to the question that you held in your head. So it is a both a way of, of doing divination, but it's also sort of communal practice uh, in the Persian world. But what this really speaks to is the fact that bibliomancy, in my humble opinion, is one of the most accessible forms of divination. Anyone can do it. You are asking for spiritual guidance from the Lord, your creator, from spirit, whatever, and then you are turning to a sacred text to get those answers. Astrology requires some form of of knowledge. So does card reading. So does a bunch of other forms of reading. But things like pendulum reading and and, and bibliomancy are far more accessible. And so growing up, bibliomancy was probably the most common form of divination, though not everyone called it divination. Not everyone called it oracle readings or whatnot. They said, I'm just looking for advice. I'm looking for guidance. And they would open up their Bible go to that verse, and then that would be their answer. So even if people don't intentionally or consciously call it fortune-telling or divination, it is definitely done in a variety of different cultures and is incredibly, incredibly accessible. For people who are actually looking to start a divination practice, before you reach the tarot, go for bibliomancy first. It really is far more accessible than, say, other forms. Try it out. Play with it a little. Yeah. Ask those questions and just see how quickly you build up a genuine spiritual practice around it. Yeah. Now I I'm going to say... throw another book in, and, and that's the I Ching. 
So people yeah. think of the I Ching as this complicated Chinese system that you have to memorize, you know, 258, you know, whatever, changing. It's just so much, and it's like, you know, it's like learning all of Hamlet by heart or something. But actually, um, if you look back at old postcards of the early 20th century, you'll see uh, Chinese fortune tellers um, reading the Ching with the book right by them on the table. And so the instead of opening the book at random and touching it, you uh, throw the yarrow stalks in a pattern and you get a basically get a number and then you look that number up in the book. Or you can throw coins and look up that thing in the book and you'll get either one or two hexagrams with changing lines in between. And most people read them right out of the book. That's how it's done in Chinese I Ching work. I mean, I'm sure there are a few really brave souls who've memorized the entire I Ching. But nobody I know has ever done so um, when it's so traditional to read it from the book. And people say they don't think of that as bibliomancy because they're thinking of the Bible. But actually, the I Ching is one of the oldest bibliomantic books designed for bibliomancy. And I, you know, in my younger days, having been introduced to bibliomancy with the Bible and opening it up at random, I started. Um, with yarrow stocks because I wanted to be, you know, traditional and pure with the I Ching and respect the Chinese culture. And then I went to the coins because it was mm-hmm. faster and it's still traditional yeah. Chinese culture. And then suddenly one day I just jumped ship and I just opened the I Ching at random, ran my hands over it like a Bible. And then I picked another one and then I figured out how to get from one to the other, what had to change to get there. And I had my hmm. first hexagram hmm. changing lines and second hexagram just by opening two times in the I Ching. And mm-hmm. It works for me, folks, and I would recommend it highly um, because the I Ching, unlike the Bible, it does claim to be a sacred book. It's a a classic, as it would be called in Chinese thought, but it was designed for telling fortunes, not like the Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cousin Joshua asked a question. Can we just answer Cousin Joshua's question real quick? Sure. Yes. Can you all share insights? you might have into approaching bibliomancy with the right frame of mind. Every, there any differences between reading for yourself and reading for others? This is a great question. Prayer is the thing I connect most with bibliomancy. I don't always do a prayer before other forms of reading, but I always do a quick prayer before bibliomancy. You're asking spirit. You're asking the Lord for guidance. And so some form of prayer is very useful here. If you're working for a client and you're doing it face-to-face, you can both pray real quickly. I also am a big believer of placing your hand on the text before you actually flip it open. So don't just randomly put place your hand over it, do a quick prayer, and then open up the text. And that really can help set the tone for you reaching some form of uh, or looking for some form of insight there. That's, That's a very good answer, yeah. And another thing that I was taught when I was uh, learning to read the Bible, to divine with the Bible, uh, you never put anything on top of book That rule except for one item, and that is a magnifying glass, because I have mm. old lady eyes. And there's a psalm, and I think it's 39 or something, that says, by light from you, from the Lord, we can see light. So I mm. figure that's mm-hmm. legit. Yeah, yeah. And bibliomancy, that really reminds me, bibliomancy has built within it a a method of guiding you towards what you can do about that situation. 
not just giving you an answer of like, yes or no, this will work out. No, it won't work out. But if you're a root worker and you want to know what to do, you, it'll tell you. This is the great thing about it because there's so many themes about it. Let's say you open up the Bible and it falls on, say, Exodus 27:20. You shall command the people of Israel that they bring to you pure beaten olive oil for the light that a lamp may regularly be set up to burn. Okay, that tells you right there in there. What type of root work should I do? I'm going to make an oil lamp, and I'm going to set it to burn regularly. So th- this is one of the great things about bibliomancy, and the tarot can do this as well, but the bibliomancy will give you direction on what needs to be done. And you can also double ask. You can say, you know, will so-and-so come back, and will we have a happy relationship? You open it up, and it says, mm, not so much. Then you go, what can I do to change this? You close back up, ask the question, and then ask for root work advice. What can you do Mm -hmm. in order to change that situation? And you will be given a prescription. So there is a diagnostic component. It can give you answers. And there's also a prescriptive component to bibliomancy. It can tell you what to do in order to address your situation. And then you can incorporate that very verse, not just using it as inspiration for your root work, but reciting that verse in the work that you do so it all ties in together. Yeah. Another thing that I would like to to bring out is it applies to any system of divination, but you have to be able to make the signs and the hint coherent story. You've got to start with the client's question, and it has to be interpreted in a way that yields a relevant and understandable answer. And this whole process is about as difficult as learning to read actual books, you know, like we did when we were small children. And we've all been reading books long enough that we can't remember anymore how difficult that was. Mm-hmm. I was in kindergarten dreading the letter J because it almost hurt to write it properly. <laughs> and my father's name was John, so, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> mm, Freud would have something to say about that. <laughs> well, it was just muscle control. Come on. <laughs> You know, one really good practice for developing your skills in bibliomancy, particularly around the Bible, is to read a verse a day. So you can pick up the Bible in the early morning, make it a habit, and say, okay, Lord, show me what my day is going to be like. What will I learn today? What do I need to take away? And then read that particular verse. And then at the end of the day, write down what you learned. Write down the verse in a journal. Literally just write it out, copy it word for word. And then underneath, write a sentence or two. Today this happened and that happened and I learned this. And what this will do is build a very strong connection. The better you know the text, the better bibliomancy will be. So there isn't a component of making yourself familiar with it. Sure, anyone can pick up Bibliomancy, and it is wonderfully accessible. But the more familiar you become with the text, the better your readings will be, the better insight that you will gain, and the better connection you will develop. So this is something I recommend for clients, is to keep a journal of verses, to write things down. Be like, okay, I read this particular verse on this day when I got married, <laughs> or on this day when I found, mm-hmm. you know, 60 bucks you know, laying in the parking lot or whatnot. And this will help to develop uh, a way of connecting real practical experiences to the verses that you are reading. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw in another that... form of bibliomancy. This is um, mm-hmm. a form of um, audio bibliomancy. 
And this is an old Jewish one. And if um, if Dr. Jeremy is with us here, he'll vouch for it. There is a um, there's an old tradition um, in Jewish folk magic that the children are uh, pure, and that children go to um, a Hebrew school or what we would you know call uh, shul, and they have to learn a portion of the Bible of the Tanakh. And they have to recite it, and they have to learn how to recite it perfectly in Hebrew. And if you want an answer to a question, it is said, if you just walk by where the children are studying their portion and you overhear them, that will be the answer to your question. In other words, the children are so pure that they will somehow be picking the right portion of the Bible as you walk by, and they are uh, relaying it to you as if from heaven because they are innocent. Yeah. Yeah. So especially in light of Psalm fifty one. Which <laughs> says, In sin I was conceived and in sin I was born. Mhm. Okay, well mm-hmm. <laughs> that's um there's a there's a, a lot of belief though that children only become um uh dead. They aren't really um that corrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Case. Um, I like the idea of um, any way that you can approach it. There used to be a, a dial of scripture. I don't know if any of you remember this. You could, um, it was a toll-free number, and you could call this number, and some random scripture would be read to you by dial of scripture. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't been around probably for 30 years, but it's an old one. And I did that, too. I'd go, okay, let's just call dial of scripture and see what they have to say. Um I found out, unfortunately, soon enough that they said the same thing for 24 hours, and then they said another thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) dial of scripture was an answering machine somewhere in the bowels of the Bell telephone system. But, but, you know, you could do it, and uh, if you just did it once a day, you had no idea. They did not follow in order. They didn't go through the Bible in order. They, They were just random dial of scripture. So, I've sometimes thought of doing that. There's something similar, I'm sure, online if you if you just say random Bible scripture, you'll be able to get that. And that's yeah. another way to do it without having a book. Okay. Well, it was very common that if you were a regular church attender, people would say that if you had done a bibliomantic reading or if you had found a verse in the Bible, that it would then show up in the sermon. So that you would attend, and you'd, let's say on, on Tuesday, you opened up your Bible and it fell on a particular verse and you read it out. That Sunday when you went to church, the, the pastor might read a sermon that then refers back to that verse. So that was a way of doing confirmations with bibliomancy. Does the verse show up elsewhere in your life? Do you see it on an Instagram post? Does it show up in a sermon that you, when you regularly attend? Um, but there is, there is a, there's a question here in the chat that I think uh, is pretty useful to, to address. So um, we're being asked, I tend to shy away from the Bible because of how it condemns certain things. I'm trying to get over that and incorporate scripture in more into my uh, magical practice here, and this is from Krista. I think. Hopefully, I didn't mispronounce your name. Yeah, this is this is a common issue when people are starting out with bibliomancy. They ask, like, "Well, may, I don't really resonate. With it. I'm afraid of the sort of some of the tone of it." And it can be tricky if you, for example, don't find 
the Bible, let's say, spiritually fulfilling or, or a source of guidance? Many people do, and some do not. There are other texts you can turn to, and as Ms. Kat mentioned, the I Ching is the one you can use. Books of poetry are also very common. You can find a, a book of, of sermons, for example. That can also be used as a form of bibliomancy. You don't have to always use the Bible. But I will say that the verses that uh, one might feel a little hesitant towards actually will come quite in handy because they give you a very clear answer of no. So that even if may, you may not, for example, agree with the ethical or moral or legalistic component of what the verse is saying, if you're asking a yes or no question and it falls on a verse of condemnation, well, that tells you something. It's a very clear no the answer to your question is no. So it actually, I actually find it quite useful in that regard. I may not, for example, agree with what it's condemning, but I can understand that the condemnation is a sign of no for the question that I'm asking. So that's, some, that's another way to kind of approach those that's particular a, that's verses. A, that's a really good point, Contraman, because, like, I, I love the I Ching, but it says things like the marrying maiden. One should not marry a yep. forward maiden. Yep. And I'm like, you know, fuck you all and your goddamn fucking Chinese <laughs> patriarchy. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. But I do know what it means. It's still a no. This person is too forward, whether it's maiden right. or not. Yeah. And, of course, there are people who try to rewrite the I Ching and take the sexism out, and there are people who try to rewrite the Bible and take God out. But that's not the point. So for whoever asks that, the point is um, there are certain texts that have sacredness in them mm-hmm. because of their yeah. use. If you don't believe in sacredness, then you've got a problem with divination because divination means you're coming from the divine. So if you say, oh, the only thing that I consider sacred is the charge of the goddess, I think very many words in the charge of the goddess. What are you going to mm-hmm. do? You know? And so th- there's something about these sacred texts that are longer, um, like the suras and like the Bible, mm-hmm. where so many people have prayed over them. It's worthwhile checking out their sacredness. That's part mm-hmm. of what makes them divine, divination. All right, let's go. <laughs> Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood, Conjurman, and this week's special guest, Miss Michael, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a direct and ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our first client. Our first client today is Connor calling from area code 617. Connor, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. Excellent. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. And it looks as per your entry, you've not had a reading with Ms. Kat, Conjurman, or our guest today. Is that correct? That's right. Perfect. Thank you for clarifying. And it looks like Connor writes, my boyfriend was recently encouraged to apply for a position in another state. I'm not ready to move in with him, and after a serious yet thoughtful conversation about our future, 
we decided to end the relationship. I think mm-hmm. we're both worried that we, oh, sorry, I think we're both worried that we've made the wrong decision. Is this relationship worth continuing? Turn it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Now, um, I'm going to be the first reader, and then we're going to have Michael read. Now, one thing about bibliomantic readings is they are usually pretty short. So um, the question is, um, we've worried that we've made the wrong decision. Is this relationship worth continuing? Okay. Now, I have here a book of Psalms, and this is a beautiful book of Psalms published by the American Bible Society in New York in 1919. Um, Mm -hmm. translated out of the original Hebrew. In other words, it's a King James book of Psalms. I like the book of Psalms because it's very direct. It doesn't ever get you into the world of the begats, um, you know, which can just drag you down. And I didn't mention, the woman who taught me bibliomancy said, if you get the begats, she goes, just do it again. You can try three times get out of the begats because it won't be an answer to your question unless you're asking if someone's going to get pregnant. So I've got my book of Psalms, and I have opened it at, I've opened it at random. you got to take my word for this. I just opened it at random. This is a large print version. I'm now running my hand over the two facing pages. Okay, uh, My eyes are closed. I'm going in clockwise oval circles. It's just the way I do it. Now I'm going counterclockwise because I said clockwise. I might as well go the other way. Now I'm focusing on the left-hand page, and I stopped. Okay, and what I have here is, oh gosh, it's in Roman numerals. Let me see. This would be Psalms 46. Um, And I'm going to just read you what we got here. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That's a good good idea. Therefore, uh, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, in other words, no matter how distant we are from one another, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God shall help her, and that right early. Okay. Now, at this point, the psalm changes to another theme about heathens raging. So we're just going to stop right there. Now, how do I interpret that? I interpret that as, uh, and maybe someone can throw that in. It's just the first part of it. Um, I interpret that as you should think that even though you broke up, even though you were driven apart, um, there is um, something that is going to bring you back together again. It's a, a pretty clear sign to me that you should be together and um, not in another state. Even though there's mountains in between you and all that other stuff, um, it says that God is there and the tabernacle is there. Well, I interpret that to mean that your love is there, your relationship is there, and that's how you should be. But then I'm a great believer in love, but there's nothing in that little bunch of verse that says that um you should break up right so that's mm-hmm. how i that's how i get it for connor now these readings are short and um because there's that's all there is you can go a couple of verses whoever put that in thank you so much and let's go and try to take it to the end of that i think it's um now i've lost the page but wherever it is just keep going a couple more verses so that's my reading for connor okay 
Well, that's lovely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's. How can I put it? It's pretty unequivocal. Um, it's it's pretty much what it is. I happen to know uh, you, what we're going to want also is uh, verse four. There is a river, and verse five, God is in the midst of her. I'm going to tell you one other thing about this verse. So um, Psalms 46 is um, used with Psalms 45 for um, repairing broken marriages, and that's an interesting call that that psalm came up. And usually what you do, this is old Jewish folk magic, Um, you take a little bowl made of olive wood and you have some olive oil in it and you recite Psalms 45 over it and Psalms 46, and then you anoint your beloved with the oil that you've blessed with Psalms 45 and Psalms 46. So obviously um, that kind of resonates with me because I know what that psalm is used for. But that's what I got. And thank you, Cousin Joshua, for putting in verse 4 and 5. All right. Well, um, we're we're running a little early because, of course, these are a little on the short side. So let's um, turn this over to Miss Michael and see how she reads it. Okay. I'm going to. Um, I'm heading toward the back of the Bible, which means I may end up with the words of Jesus, which mm-hmm. I tend to do when the client needs and deserves good news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Um, That's the only way I stack the deck. Okay. (laughs) So we are in the last chapter of St. John. And um, let's see. Oh, my. Wow. Now, this doesn't on its surface appear to be relevant. Um. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Oh, that's interesting. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. Then they cast, therefore, and they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. So they cast... They... they, uh, let down their net, and it was, and the catch was so big they couldn't pull it back up. So um, this is really encouraging. Um, I view a marriage, a good marriage, as nourishing, and uh, this is nourishing. Um, so yeah, I, I want to confirm. Uh oh, Miss McGill oh, has dropped away. Yep, she's gone again. Hello? Yep, there you are. Come back. <laughs> we the last <laughs> word we heard was you view marriage is nourishing. Oh, she's gone again. <laughs> oh man, Mercury retrograde. Well, I'm going to I'll say I'll jump in and say one thing about that verse that she had. I had also had one about the seas, the waters. And mm-hmm. waters, the waters of parting, the waters of separation, and how things come together again. So um, that is obviously something there. Uh, Miss Michael, are you there? Mm-hmm. She's completely. I think she's calling good. back. All right. She's back, the, yeah. All right. The other thing that popped out at me in her verse was that that Jesus was there, but they didn't know it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. So. Um, this says to me, the verse is saying, you may not have known what a good thing you had. 
And right. yeah. if you if you just trust, you will have a multitude of of fishes. You'll have uh, abundance of happiness. And um, yeah. that's how I would read it. Miss Michael, are you there? Yeah. Nope. I I would read it the same way uh, that recognizing the blessings that can sometimes be hard to see. I mean, a, a move is difficult for a relationship, particularly if one partner isn't ready to move. Right? It's it's big. Right. It's, it's a it's a literal seismic change, and so mm-hmm. th- we can often see that as turbulent, as oh, that's a bad thing. But there may have been a blessing in the move that might not have been recognized. So the hesitancy here that. Maybe if you did move in together, or you did move together, that there would have been a blessing there that that was not visible at first, and that's the recognizing, being unable to recognize Jesus. That's how I would uh, interpret it as maybe there was some type of blessing there, and you were unable to see it. Right, and and Mm -hmm. in the verse that I got, it said that God was in the midst of them, um, and the the temple was in the midst of them. So both verses, although we have two totally random choices, both verses say something was there but not recognized, and and that it it was holy and sacred. So, uh, Connor, I mean, to me, this is the kind of thing, now, we say, do you usually go to a reader for bibliomantic readings? Not not usually. People will do it themselves, but I do bibliomantic readings on the phone all the time. I mm-hmm. also find that they are very useful for second questions, third questions, because if you keep on going mm-hmm. with it, you'll find mm-hmm. more going on. Now, uh-oh, are, is everybody there? We're here. I think Ms. Michael is I, live yeah. now. Ah, yes. Ms. Michael is back. Okay. Yeah. Ms. Michael, the last word we heard was nourishing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, abundance of nourishment, so much that that you don't know what to do with it all. You know, cupboards full and overflowing, and and grocery sacks sitting sitting on the floor in the kitchen. Um, and you know, that's the best kind of marriage to have. Okay, mm-hmm. and that you even if this doesn't work out again, even if you don't reunite, that kind of love will not be ruled out of your life because you know this is Jesus the divine will make sure you get it. Just don't be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. We all do stupid things for love sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we do. Now, um, let's see, we're still running a little bit um, early, but um, let's have a conjurman Ali come in and uh, give you some root work advice, considering that we have so much about waters and fishes mm-hmm. and temples mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and mountains heaving up in the middle of waters. We've got some sort of, I mean, I'm I'm going to say it's some sort of crazy upheaval. Let's see what um, Conjurman Ali can do about building a <laughs> building love in the middle of that. Yeah, what uh, in situations like these, I'm very fond of of some form of magic that involves exchange, that you're able to kind of keep with you and your partner is able to keep with them. And so what I would recommend is to take a photo of you two together. There should be a photo from a very happy memory, something that invokes a particular moment from your time together. Take this photo, put it into a picture frame, and anoint that picture frame with Love Me Oil as you recite Psalm 45 and 46. You can also smoke it in some Love Me uh, incense. I prefer a nice solid picture frame, particularly one that's wood, 
so that the oil makes sense. Like if it's a it's a plastic picture frame, that oil is going to be very funky, right? You don't want to put right. too much that when you when they grab the picture frame, like what the hell did you put on this? <laughs> or what did you what did you eat before you handed me this? So a nice wooden picture frame. The other thing you can do is that if you have if you have a piece of this person's hair, then you can add a little layer to this. You will add just a small string of your hair hidden within that picture frame, just somewhere in there as if it was randomly caught. You don't want it to be like obvious. Don't tape it in there. Don't do anything. Just you just put it in there. If you have his, then you're going to work with it on your end. You're going to take your the picture frame with the, the photo of you that you of you two that you've smoked, that you've anointed with oil, that you've recited over that has your hidden uh um, hair, and you're going to hand it to this person as a gift to take with them wherever they go. Just a happy memory. This is a happy time, just so you can remember the good times. On your end, you're going to create the exact same image with the exact same picture frames. So you're going to buy two picture frames. This you're going to keep on your altar. On the back of the photo, the one that you are going to keep, you are going to write out the verses from Psalm 45 and 46. You're going to place a small envelope, a little small envelope, right on the back of that photo. You're going to put rose petals. You're going to put violet leaves. You're going to crush up Cuba berries into dust. And you're going to put it in there along with his lock of hair. So he has yours. You have his. You're going to place it in there. You're going to close the picture frame and set this up in your home someplace uh, on the mantle, or if you have an altar, you can place it on your altar. Anoint it with oils. Once more, burn incense in front of it. Now, the reason I recommend the burning of incense here is that incense crosses boundaries and distance. Any type of long-distance work, incense is great for. So if this person is going to be miles and miles away from you, you can cover that distance with that incense. And what this will do is this will ensure that if you two are meant to be together, if you two are truly meant to connect, then that no distance will keep you apart like the uh, verse Miss Cat read out loud, that no matter what happens, whatever turbulation, you'll still be able to find the blessings in it, that even if this person moves, there'll still be a way to connect, there'll still be a way to kind of join together and find that blessing within that relationship. I do recommend that at some point, you do some clarity work for yourself to so sit down and really decide what it is you want and what your priorities are and what you're willing to do. This is generally done by writing it out. I highly, highly recommend this. You sit down and you write down the pros and the cons about uh, the relationship, about moving, etc. Just place it on a list. And then you revisit mm -hmm. that list the next day. And you look at it and you go, okay, well, maybe this isn't that big of a con. Right, having to move—it's a hassle, but not that big. So you cross out that call, right? And you just sort of work through the list, and you try to narrow down your priorities: what really matters and what doesn't. And you do this over the course of three days until you're left with a core list. And then this is where you weigh your options. Okay, here's my con list—the things that really I'm like, this is the line. And if that was really big, like, hey, I don't want to have to move. I don't want to have to give up the job that I currently have. Then you've got your answer. Don't make any further actions, right? If, on the other hand, you're looking at your list and the pros are looking really good there, they're outweighing it after all the editing that you've done, after all the sort of uh, clarifying that you've done, then you've also gotten 
your answer. Okay, now I know that I'm going to do even more work than I've done so far. Not just enough to keep the bond alive between us, but maybe I'm going to go even further. When the lists are finally done, you're actually going to tear them apart. If the answer is no, you will burn both pieces of paper. You can add a little bit of Florida if you want, but they'll just very easily put it in a heat-proof dish or bowl or cauldron, set it afire. If, however, the answer is yes, you will burn the con list, scattering its ashes in a crossroads, and you'll keep the pro list with yourself. You'll keep it under your bed or you'll keep it at your altar. You may even put it at the back of the picture frame with the envelope. So I'd recommend a sort of two-part working here. First, keep the bond alive between the two of you. That just keeps the door open. Should you two be meant to be together, it will happen, and this working will allow it to do. And then the second portion of this is some element of clarity, an element of really getting down to what it is you truly want. That's my recommendation here. We have a couple minutes, only a couple minutes, so we're right on time, uh, to see if uh, Miss Kath or Miss Michael have anything further to add. I do. Okay. I do. Um, when I make a, a pro and a con list like that, um, he said if the answer is no, burn both of them. I sometimes will keep the, in fact, I always keep the pro list, the yes list, and I just refigure that that's going to be my new lover. I then use that to draw in a new lover. But in this case, it really looks like there is something still between the two of you, and it could be very good, and you should not let distance come between you. So that's my take on it. My addition would be to, just in in case you want to be sure that you are continuing to understand the situation right, before you give uh, your ex your picture, you take, I would like you to dress the eyes and the forehead, your eyes and forehead, in the picture. On one eye, King Solomon Wisdom Oil on the other, Psychic Vision. And King Solomon Wisdom Oil on the forehead. Uh, just tiny little smears that won't even show up on the glass. And that will make a link with you, uh, a link between the picture and you, so that you can continue uh, understanding the situation right, even at a distance. Hmm. Wow, that's really neat. Um, King Solomon Wisdom, and you said then the other one was Psychic Vision. Psychic Vision, yeah. Yeah. I would I would recommend maybe powders instead of oils. Personally, oils, do, like, they can sometimes do funky things to photos, and they do show up on the glass. Yeah. So a little bit, yeah, the powders on the I photos would work really that. well there. Mm-hmm. Or uh, dissolved bath crystals on the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so you were talking about doing it on the glass over where the eyes are, not directly on the photo. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I got that. Okay. All right. Good work. And I hope that Connor is uh, going to be happy in life. Mm-hmm, me too. Okay. Well, I hear our music, and uh, very faint, as if from far away, on a steamboat drifting by Memphis, and Jeremy Weiss has rejoined the conversation. And I and I gotta say, go get his book on uh, bibliomancy from Temple to Miriam. It's really a good book. Okay. Everybody's bumping out and bumping back in. Angela Ellis now back in again. Um, there's something obviously. Um, Ron Connor has been in and out. This whole thing is falling apart all around us. So we're just doing the best we can. <laughs> Jeremy posted Mercury. That would have been a dropped M. <laughs> 
Mercury. <laughs> All right. Um, let's take this away to our next client, okay? Perfect. Excellent readings all around, everyone. And thank you so much for trusting us with, with your situation, Connor. Now, as part of our special Oracle Hour, we'll now have a second guest calling in for a reading. But before we get to that, did you know you could find free spell advice from respected and trusted root workers? Visit forum.luckymojo.com and create your free account today to access thousands of pages on free conjure information. That's forum.luckymojo.com. Now it's time to go to our second client. Our second client is the absolutely delightful Doc Murphy, calling from area code 651. Doc, are you there? I am here. Hello. Hey. <laughs> How are you, Doc? Are you? <laughs> excellent, I excellent. Am, and I am indoors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely the right place to be. Now, it appears that um, being that you were calling, we don't have you at the forum, but I do have your question here. So I'm going to assume that you have not had a reading with either of our guests or hosts. Is that correct? Um, not in person, no, but um, on the show, yes. All right, perfect. Now, Doc writes, I applied for a job and I'm looking at a career change. What will my new work be and look like? And what signs should I be aware of? Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. Okay, I'd, um, I first of all, I have to ask Nagashiva to um, um, kick ban Duck Northwest Media, please. Thank you. Um, we have a problem, and it'll go away by the time the chat log is posted. You won't even know that uh, Duck Northwest Media was here. <laughs> so that was um, a little, another little. Mercury retrograde, but I would like. Can you post Evan the the actual question so that we can have it in the chat? Okay. Of course. Um, thank you. Um, so, uh, Doc Murphy, we've read for Doc Murphy before, and um, oh look, Duck Northwest Media has left the conversation. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> See you later, sucker. Jeez, um, Christmas. It's really something. Um, so, uh, Doc Murphy is going to remind us um, what what sign of the zodiac are you, Doc Murphy? I'm a Cancer, Aquarius Moon, Capricorn Rising. Aha, Cancer. Say that again, Cancer, Aquarius Moon, Capricorn Rising. Boy, all right. So, um, looking at a career change, what will my new work be? All right, we're going to give this over to Conjurman, the master of career change. <laughs> um, a question for, for you, Doc Murphy, real quickly. So I remember reading uh, your chart, if I'm not mistaken, back in uh, during the festival. If you want, I can look, I can examine your solar return for this year, or I can do a geomantic reading. Which would you prefer? So I have, bo- I have your information that's saved that's uh, on, my, on my astrology app. It's just there. So it's entirely up to you. I can do a geomantic reading about this, or I can look at the year ahead with a solar return. Which would you prefer? Well, let's go geomantic. Okay. So I've, I've got the chart in front of me, your geomantic chart. Um, and interestingly enough, the very first sign here is puer, which is an indication of radical change. So you said you applied for a new job. When did you apply for it? Uh, about a week ago. 
You applied a week ago, and this is a, a shift from what you've been doing up until this time. This is a, a industry yes, change of some sort. Okay. Yes. It so is. this is this is fantastic. So Puer speaks to that. Puer is a sword. It is martial. It is a figure that indicates change and rapid change. And when the question is, "Hey, I'm about to make this big life decision. Is this a good decision?" Puer is a good sign. If the if it's about something slow, hey. You know, should I, you know, make a commitment? I'm, I'm about to get married. Then the answer is no. This is a positive sign, though, in your circumstances. And it means that things are going to go your way, but you must take bold and decisive action when it comes to this. You're going to have to make some sacrifices here. The sword is, is an image that requires some element of giving something up in order to get what you want. So be aware of that, that there is some element of sacrifice here. There may be some growing pains as you shift. Shifting industries is not easy. Shifting industries is very difficult for, for people, um, especially if you've been working in one industry for a long period of time. Going elsewhere may require an adjustment, and there may be some growing pains here. There may be some difficulties here. Be aware that timing is going to play a big factor, that there's going to be moments where you just kind of hear nothing back from the job, where there's going to be silence. That's okay. Don't, don't panic too much. And then suddenly there's going to be a lot of change we need you to do this and we need you to do that and can you send us this and can you send us this particular report and can you sign that and so there's going to be a sort of uh, fluctuation in the activity there's going to be a flurry of activity and there's going to be some some quiet activity so just be aware of that but that's just part of the cycle of this process the figure that indicates the oh, the outcome of this is acquisitio acquisitio is a bag that is open and it is acquiring coins. So this is going to have a financial impact for you. However, this is a slow-moving figure, indicating that at first you may end up wondering, was this the right decision? Am I making the right choice for myself? Am I making the money that I'm hoping to make this year? And it may seem slow going at first. Be patient with it because it will actually open up money opportunities for you that this may end up bringing more opportunities to make money. Now, this is possible that it may actually end up having a side gig component to it, or there may be a sort of double income here or two streams of income. The reason I say this is acquisitio actually looks like a figure that is being joined together. It has its two separate parts to it. So there is some component here to be aware of, that there may be a sort of second stream of income, there may be a second form of finances, just be aware that it may be linked to this particular application, that it may open something else up. And that's when we'll start to see a real steady flow of finances and an improvement. I do see a May as a particularly significant time period for you. So be aware that May is going to be a big turning point, uh, whether this is going to be an increase in money or a new opportunity. That's the sort of time period you should be aware of. May is, is the kind of big turning point month for you. That's what I see in your geomantic chart. I'm going to turn this over to Ms. Michael, who's going to do your next reading, and then we'll have Kat give you some root work recommendations. Thank you. Okay. I let the spirit lead me to the right page, and then I laid down my magnifying glass to choose scriptures. So <laughs> we start with Psalm, Psalm 25. Um, thee, O Lord, I, do I lift up, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. And those enemies might 
include, you know, bad luck or being in the wrong place at the wrong time, not just humans. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy, tr- thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. Okay, that's the first five verses. Now the other half of the magnifying glass lens all over Psalm 23. Shall I read the whole thing? Oh, please do. Yes. The Lord, is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, leadeth, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, he has a reputation to maintain. That's another reason for him to lead you in the right path. Yet, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Hey, about they going on ahead? Because... They are your servants in this project. Wow. Okay. Okay. So we got Psalms 25 followed by Psalms 23. All right. Yeah. So um, now I'm going to ask a question because I'm uh, I'm going to be doing the root work end of things here, and mm-hmm. um, my question is because I'm a very pragmatic Torian root worker what i know what your career has been what is the new career field i mean if you know just generally um radio and research radio as in radio like on as the air radio. radio yeah it's, it's a research right. position with radio station mm-hmm. i see and then researching stories for radio to be um, announced by others, possibly, or doing your own announcing. Where are we at? Um, with that? It would be, it would be going through their their uh, radio archives and finding archival past shows and, and readings whenever they're doing. Um, okay, all righty. Now you know I'm liking this astrologically. I was secretly disappointed that you chose a geomantic reading because I wanted to see what your astrology was because I have my moon in Aquarius too. Um, Moon in Aquarius is somebody who's very good with technological, electronic, and electrical things, right? So I'm I'm feeling that one. Radio, Moon in Aquarius, here we are, longest-running show on Hoodoo on Earth. You know, it takes somebody with a Moon in Aquarius just to stand up and do it every day, every week, because Aquarius is a fixed sign. So you and I share that in common. That's really good. That's really good. I look at that as um, a neat thing to do. Okay? So mm-hmm. um, let's talk about what root work you can do. And will this be a good fit for you? Well, I think it will be a good fit, and I'm going to um, think that you're going to want to. When we talk about radio, let's go back to the old copper windings. Let's go back to the old, you know, something with copper. Copper speaks to me. 
of electricity. Yeah, silver's a better conductor, but, you know, it's copper. It's what it is. It's copper. So I want you to get something that is um, copper, a coin, anything um, that is going to um, be able to conduct magnetism and electricity, okay? And I want you mm-hmm. to take get a little lodestone uh, grits, small ones, the kind, you know, that'll fit just together on that little copper disc. Now, remember, lodestones are not attracted to copper. Lodestones are attracted to each other. They're iron. And I want you to put those two little lodestones on a little copper penny. It would be good if it was a penny of your uh, birth year. I hope someone is writing this down. Yes, good. Thank you. Um, and uh, and then I'd like you to put um, around it um, maybe a, a a little bit of um, silver might work as well. You might have another coin, a silver coin. And I want you to bind those up in a tight piece of cloth and make a little um, pocket amulet out of that. It's a little tiny mojo. You can put several lodestone grits, as many as will fit on that copper coin. And if you put a silver coin under it, so much the better, but it should be pure silver. And I'd, I'd tie that up or bind it real tight. You know, you can cut two discs of leather and whip stitch it real tight. And that makes a very small mojo that you can carry. Now, let's talk about what prayers you would want to say. Well, you were given the prayers by Miss Michael, right? So Psalms 25, Psalms 23. If you make it in a leather uh, disc, uh, you know, whip stitching it, you can dress it with oil really nicely. It won't ruin it in any way. It'll be, It'll actually be good to oil it. And so I would use a combination of uh, steady work, of course, because you want the job to last as long as you want it to last. Steady work, pay me, that's a good one to add to it. And um, if you're going to be doing, um, you know, work for uh, research, uh, a good one is King Solomon Wisdom. That's to have a good memory, uh, concentrate and have a good memory. Mix those together. And you oil your little whipped together pocket amulet. You can carry that with you. You can put one in your desk. You can make several of them. What copper coin? Well, like I said, a penny would be good, but I would use an Indian head penny because that's a scout, and the scout is your lookout. And one of the things you're doing is research. So you want a lookout, someone who's going to help you find those things, help you search out what it is you're looking for. For the Silver coin, well, I would just use a, a mercury dime because, hey, mercury is retrograde right now. I, in fact, let's just wait on making that until after mercury goes direct. But a mercury dime is about communication, and so that's a good, you know, because mercury is the, of course, we know it's really a liberty dime, but they call it a mercury dime, but you know what I'm talking about. So I'd put those two mm-hmm. in there. And um, just bind that up tight and... Um, Dress it with those oils. Carry it with you. You can make yourself a couple of them because you might want one on your person, you know, in your, in your, uh, whatever your pocket or something like that. It's a small piece. It's a pocket piece. But you might also want want one where you go to work, and uh, you're going to call upon all of the great um, radio researchers of the past, whoever they may be, and any radio people that who have passed, whose voices you remember or love, and ask them also for spiritual help and guidance. I think it's a very good idea for a career for you, given that you have the moon 
in Aquarius. And so the moon, that silver, is why that was added, you see. And uh, so you see how I work. That's how it's done. <laughs> okay. Well, thank and, you. Um, thank you very much. Yeah. So does anyone else have anything to um, add to that? I was just going to say that uh, Saturn is in Aquarius right now, and uh, that's archival work, and as Evan pointed out, digitizing work, both very very strong things for Aquarius. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Saturn in Aquarius. Aren't we all loving the hell out of it? Um, (laughs) Watch out you don't break any bones, Doc Murphy. You're young yet, but, you know, Saturn on your moon, you just want to be a little careful there. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Every time Saturn crosses any planet, you got to take a thought about that. How about you, Miss Michael? You got anything to add? Um, I really found the idea of putting an amulet in a belt is interesting. Oh. I once made. Hmm? I said, "Oh, you mentioned yes. that, didn't you?" Okay. No, I didn't. Oh no, Nagashiva happened. Nagashiva happened to me. Made a very small mojo for someone who wanted to do magical work for a deceased friend to protect him, mm-hmm. and so I made a protection mojo, sewed it into a belt that was the only possession of his that he had, and told her, "Here's his protection. You wear the belt to keep him with you." Wow. Okay, now let's talk about that for Doc Murphy and for all the people who are less crafty than Doc Murphy. So there are several kinds of belts. There's a kind that sometimes is made of a real leather facing and then a kind of a, you know, whatever on the other side, and they're stitching. And uh, the stitching is, you know, cute. You can pick that stitching apart and slide something in there. But you can also get these fabulous um, hipster is a brand name, and there's others, um, belts that have um, money, zip money pouches, right? Mm-hmm. And often they will have um, two zipper money pouches. So you keep money in one and you keep your amulet in the other, or you can have two amulets if you want to draw love. And um, some people are stylish, and they wear their belt kind of eccentrically off-center, and they have their little zipper pouch in the front where their little um, uh, you know, private parts are, and they'll put a little love thing in that side that goes by the, by where their front is. That's one reason people wear belts at an angle like that. Um, so, yeah, what a brilliant idea, Miss Michael. It's a utility belt. Uh, <laughs> um, the hipster belt is, um, I believe it's H-I-P-S-T-I-R-R. I mean, I may be wrong. They, I wear those belts. I love them. They also make them with pockets on the sides big enough that you can put a tarot deck in them. And uh, you can put, of course, a phone in them if your phone isn't ungodly large. So there you go. Uh, that's uh, something you can do, and I know you can do it, Doc Murphy. And good luck on this uh, new embarkation. I, I wish you well. All right. There is our music. And this means we will be going to the whole Aquarian Mercury. <laughs> Let's have some more electronic land. You know, it's psychedelic. Man, everyone's... Uh, we can hardly hear this show. I hope it comes out okay when it's reprocessed. <laughs> All right, take it away. Okay. 
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time to go to our free spell segment with Ms. Michael of hoodoofoundry.com in Willis, California. Take it away. Well, thank you, Evan. Um, I, I, uh, my first thought when I was putting this spell together was, oh, let's do a Bible, Bible magic. And I thought, no, bibliomancy. Let's figure out a spell to improve our bibliomancy, our Bible divination. So, uh, this is about extending the Bible verses that come up in divination into magical prescriptions, uh, which was already touched on. The verses that come up in answer to questions, as well as whatever you might do, pick up in a second divination about how should we do this. So, for instance, uh, some verses appear to give no sign, but you might be able to find a sign in them. Verses that list begats, might be interpreted to consult your ancestors. Uh, Mentions of food, for instance, any kind of food, like the feast before in the presence of your enemies that we just read, um, there is such a thing as magical cooking. You can stir prayers and magical herbs into your food. Um, Specific specific foods, uh, mentions of dates or honey might suggest a honey jar. Um, And as a last resort, if you're feeling really stubborn about a particular verse, try comparing it with a book of symbolism like The Stranger in the Cup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, references to water, of course, suggest baths, uh, flames, mm-hmm. candles, or if the context suits it, burning enemies or cross conditions with fire. References mm-hmm. to graves or the dead consult the dead, or bury your, your spell in a graveyard. Um, and the prayers in your first divination can, serve, can go on your petition papers in your mojo, candle, or honey jar. Wow. These are, these are really, really um, interesting mm. ideas. Yeah. Um, this is... Uh, you know, it, it makes me also think, you know, um, references to animals, references to mm-hmm. herbs, mm-hmm. and yeah. references to incenses also uh, talk about what you could um, use in making up a spell. We all make uh, formulas from the Bible. It'll say, you know, this, you know, use spikenard, use this, use that or the other. Yeah. Um, the only thing I recommend, in addition to reading them out of the Bible, is to look them up. If you're using a King James Bible, oh, yeah. some of the names have some of the names have changed, and so you want to make sure you've got the right species. 
the one that always gets me is when people say, oh, I put aloes on him, and I'm like, no, no, that was supposed to be aloes wood, not aloes, <laughs> bitter aloes. Aloe vera. <laughs> um, yes, not aloe vera, it is aloes wood. So make sure you understand your Bible, but use those cues, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and they and they are, uh, they are, uh, these are great tips on how to use the verse you get to design the work you do. What a wonderful idea. Um, do you have any comment on this, Ali? I was just going to say this is, this is fantastic, and it was going exactly to what I said earlier during the discussion, that bibliomancy builds in a way of doing root work. It tells you what you can do. Like if it's a mention of a lamp, you can work with lamps and whatnot. But you also to reiterate that there are actual formulas in the Bible. Um, I don't think people mm-hmm. often realize that when they read it, holy oil, for example, there's a there's a prescription on how to make holy oil in the Bible, and there are certain herbs and woods and whatnot that are right there. So incorporating that in your work, now that doesn't mean you have to use all of it, but being able to incorporate some element of it into the work that you do is going to be powerful. But also to include the scripture itself, that if the if you come on a particular verse and you're and you're you know building some type of root work around that, write out that verse on your petition paper, recite that verse as you're doing all of this. This is a way of really working holistically, a way of integrating the Bible into every aspect from your divination to your magic to your prayer. So integrating in mm-hmm. that way is really leveraging a great deal of spiritual power. And you're going to find your root work really goes to another level. You don't need to do a six-month ritual with, you know, thread from a virgin, spun by a virgin on a full moon in Capricorn. You, know, you don't need to get all complicated in order to achieve your results. Some of the most powerful works are extraordinarily simple. They draw from this well of wisdom that we find in Scripture. If you can tap into that well of wisdom, that well of power, then you're going to find some amazing results in things like candle magic, in things like anointing Mm -hmm. with oil, in Mm -hmm. things like making a a, a mojo bag. You're going to move mountains, but you've got to be able to kind of really look at the spiritual power within that Bible. Mm -hmm. And also, um, while we have Miss Michael here, we ought to say, Miss Michael is the co-author of Hoodoo Bible Magic, uh, one of our best-selling yes. books of all time. And so some of these scriptures kind of uh, that you might pull up in a divination will contain words that you might want to see if there is a spell in that book that may relate to them. And she's got my brain working overtime here, and I'm thinking, you know, like there's little references to ants. But there's plenty of it. Root work that involves go ants, to the right? ants fluttered, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, right. I mean, mm-hmm. there's the, all of these animals, plants, and stuff that are mentioned in the Bible. There also are some books that you might get on Amazon. They, these books have been written and rewritten and rewritten over and over, different by different reverends and pastors over at least since the mid 19th century. Flowers of the Bible, herbs of the Bible, mm-hmm, animals mm-hmm. of the Bible. These are very common um, books that people, you know constantly rewrite. The Bible stays the same, but the books change. (laughs) And um, those are a wonderful um, resource to have if you're going to be using the Bible for bibliomancy. Because then you'll look up the symbol. Then you'll look up the symbolism of the... Yeah, 
you look up the symbolism mm-hmm. of the animal then as it might be in classical uh you know uh, ancient classical symbolism right mhm mhm i was mentioning locations too right the bible mentions a river go to the river right the bible mentions right. a tree bury that thing in the tree that's right wow well you just opened up a whole nother second book on Bible magic Miss Michael that was just like okay the curtain parted and we're all looking at it and going wow that's amazing well I gotta write that other book first yeah you gotta write the other book first right we'll get there we'll get there all right well okay um, uh, I'm gonna turn this over to uh, Evan Lionheart our patient and forbearing announcer and he's going to take us out of here and then at the end we'll come back make a couple more announcements and then we'll all say goodbye so take it away Evan Lionheart well thank you Miss Cat, and thank you Conjure Man and thank you Miss Michael of com and Willits California for being our guest this week please join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Mama E with a Valentine's Day special on loving yourself. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart, joining you from evanlionheart.com in New Jersey. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, we got a couple of minutes here, or a minute and a half, or something. Um, At least one verse. Um, uh, A countryman, what is our divination form for next month? Tea leaf reading. Tea leaf reading with. With, well, I have to confirm first, so I'll get back to you on that. Okay, well, good. It'll be tea leaf reading with one of us. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much. And um, everybody, um, catch you all on Instagram, catch you all on Facebook, catch you all at the Lucky Mojo Forum. And um, time to say good night. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.